Hi everyone, this is Danielle Parada, your host of Sip and Soma, and today I'm bringing you a new feature. It's called Sip and Soma Coming Into the Light. And when I originally thought of this segment that I wanted to start having on my show or this episode that I wanted to add to the lineup, I thought about the name for the episode and it was going to be Sip and Soma After Dark because I envision myself talking about lots of different topics, really just storytelling, my own storytelling and having people on the show to tell their stories. And I pictured us talking about very intimate and vulnerable topics. And one of my friends came up with the idea of after dark, meaning that this is thing, these are things that you talk about, you know, after hours, maybe when your kids go to bed or maybe, you know, when you're hanging out with your friends uh, after, after work. And the reason why I changed the name to coming into light is because I realized that when we do talk about intimate and vulnerable topics, actually we're walking into the light. We're sharing our stories with courage and with conviction and with the hope that not only will people hear us and see us, but that they will also maybe feel that they are not alone or feel that they know someone who is going through something very challenging where they hadn't known somebody who is going through that before. And it could give them greater compassion for others who are struggling down the line. So that's all to introduce Sip and Soma coming into the light. I do want to have a warning on this episode and on future Sip and Soma episodes that are coming into the light. Today's topic deals with the hashtag MeToo movement. And this could be a trigger for you. Uh, it could be a trigger for the person who's sitting with you. Uh, it may just not be appropriate for the age of the people in your car right now or in who are sitting around listening to the podcast. So I do want to say that if you do need to wait and listen to this or maybe not listen to it, that's fine. Just um, know that I'm going to be talking about assault. And um, you might, might want to save this for another moment. And then lastly, I just want to say that the quality of the audio is very rough. I did this recording very spur of the moment given what's happening in our country today. And after having somebody else share their story with me over the weekend, so I've been doing a lot of processing and it just kind of came out in one fell swoop while I was uh, in a place where the quality of the, the sound quality was not going to be great. So I thank you, Alan Friedman, for editing. And I thank you for um, listening, for being a fan, for being a subscriber. And um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Sip and Soba coming into the light and a welcome engagement on this topic in whatever way you want to engage. You can DM me, you can PM me, you can text me if you know me, you can email me. Um, you know, I just want you to know that I appreciate the engagement and I am open to having conversation about this beyond what I share in this episode today. So thank you and here it is, Sip and Soma coming into the light. Episode one, which is all about my hashtag me too story. 
I was raped 23 years ago. I tell you this because it's the background to the story I'm about to share. Over the weekend, I brought up Dr. Blasey Ford and was just making a comment that I'm really glad that people are taking notice and not going to sit by and let a Supreme Court judge get nominated without standing up. And that means that a lot of us are standing up and saying, I was raped 23 years ago in solidarity. Those of us who can, not everyone can. And I was speaking with a woman who said, but why did she wait 40 years to come forward? And I know that a lot of you are gonna take issue with the fact that she even asked, but I had the presence of mind, body, and soul to be able to say to her, well, let's look at the past. Let's look at the history. Let's look at what's happened with women. Let's look at the way that it was shameful to admit that you had been assaulted. Could you imagine? Somebody comes home, one of the men in your family come home, one of the women in your family come home, and you look at them, and it is very obvious that they have a black eye on their face. And you say, what happened? And they say, oh my gosh, somebody hit me, somebody robbed me. And you say, oh my God, let's go to the police and let's go take care of this. And because you could see their injury, I'm willing to bet that nine times out of 10 times out of 10, well, knowing this woman, I'm like 10 times out of 10, you'd be like, what can I do to help? What can I do? How can we fix this? And you would go help them because you can see it's visible what's happened to them. Why is it that with sexual assault, we require so much physical evidence? We require so much proof from people that this has happened. And we lay the burden of proof on the victim and we have allowed, when someone says, I didn't do it, that to be okay. You know, it's, it's like a lot of other crimes. People will lie and say that they didn't do something. That doesn't make it true that they didn't do it. And we go after all these criminals with the fiercest of intention. But when it comes to rape and it comes to sexual assault, we don't. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, why is it? And I could go into the history and talk about why it is, just like I can go into the history about a lot of other marginalized groups. I mean, to be honest, women are a marginalized group in some way in this country. Just look at the fact of how many women leaders there are in government, in spiritual and religious contexts, and in corporations. The leadership of women is not there. We're forging our way, but it's not there yet. So as I'm talking to this woman, and you know, it was an intense conversation. I am, I am shortening it for your hearing of it. But at the end of the conversation, it was about an hour long, I said to her, so do you understand now why it took her 40 years to come forward? And that actually, there's, a, there's, if you really read about it, it didn't take her 40 years. It just took 40 years for the public to know. There were other people that were made aware of it and that she did tell, that she did feel safe enough to tell and who 
were willing to come forward and be witnesses of that. So, all that said, do you understand now? Yeah, yeah, I understand. And, you know, you know, and this was after this woman also said, but she's a lawyer. And I said, yeah, all the more reason why she would not come forward. <laughs> because you can see the system does not work for women. The system does not work for sexual assault victims. Okay. So, at the end of all of this, this, this very intense conversation, you know, I said, I reminded her, she's very close, close to me in my life, I reminded her that I was raped 23 years ago, and that I am so grateful for the Me Too movement that helped me with the last bit of that rape, which is that I stopped feeling shame about it. 23 years, I hope you hear that, took me 23 years to not feel shame. So, 23 years of me feeling shame, feeling like I had done something wrong, or feeling that I couldn't talk about it. So it was, it was trajectory, right? I mean, at one point, I felt like I had done something wrong. And another point, it was, well, I just can't talk about it. You know, I never went to the police. I never did any of that. And I reminded this woman that I told her that I was raped. And she turned to me and said, well, you know, you know what happened to me. And what I recollect in my mind is that she, some gentlemen, not even just one, had attempted to rape her. But in fact, she came out to me and said, more details about what happened and she was raped and I turned to her and I said I am not judging or trying to make you feel bad when I say this next statement but when I was raped 23 years ago the story you told me was not as detailed as you are laying out now and you made it sound like you survived an attempted rape. But what you just told me is that you were raped. And so, did you ever, have you ever said the words, I was raped? And she said, no. And I said, did you even think you were raped until I just pointed out to you? She said, no, because I, I got out of there. And I'm like, but the things that were done to you were rape. And she was like, yeah. And so I said, you know, when did this happen to you? She said, I was in my 20s. And I said, okay. I don't want to give away her age. But I'll just say this. It happened to her before... I was raped and I asked her why did it take you 23 years to tell me that you were raped and I'm just I'm just asking not not accusing and she said I don't know and I said well then how can we say that Dr. Ford should have told someone because when we say that then we're shaming someone 
for not telling us how they were victimized. And I would never do that to you. I would never shame you for not telling me how you were victimized. Because you're my close woman connection in my life. I don't know Dr. Ford. She's not a close woman connection in life. She's my sister. She's a woman. And I would never shame her by saying, why didn't you tell me 40 years ago? Why didn't you tell the world? Why didn't you tell everyone you know? Why didn't you tell the police? Because she didn't have to, but also because it wasn't safe to. So, I won't shame you. And therefore, even though this woman is not known to me in a close manner, she's my sister, and I won't shame her. Think about the power of this. Think about the power of knowing each other's stories. And think about the power of what we can do to share these stories with all of the people we know to remind them that we don't know each other even in our own circles of community, we don't know each other. But yet most of us don't shame each other if we're really close to each other. Or we need to work on not shaming each other if we're really close to each other. So why would we shame a stranger who is a human being? Why would we do that? And the answer is, is that we're kind of conditioned to shame each other but it doesn't make it right. And we can stop. It's really easy to stop. We just choose not to do it. Thank you for listening today. This is not the typical podcast that I put up. It's really important for me to share this not only as Danielle Parada, but to share this with all of you who are listening to Sip and Soma because I feel that you are in my community. A lot of you who have chosen to listen to my podcast are those who are in my community in South Orange and Maplewood, who are in my family, who are my friends, who are people who know me from teaching their children or who are my former students. There are a lot of you who know me. And I think that if we can all share a story, it doesn't have to be the story that I shared. It doesn't have to be that deep. It doesn't have to be that, well, I don't feel it's painful for me to share that. It's very freeing for me to say I was raped. And I survived. Because it took 23 years. That's a lot of work that I've done. 
that's a lot of support that I've gotten. That's a lot of cheerleading and money that I've spent with therapists and doctors and, you know, everything. It's affected me, mind, body, and soul. And I'm comfortable sharing that story because I don't want to stigmatize that if I'm hurt or assaulted, it's a, it's a bad thing to share. You share so you can let other people know, hey, this happens. It's not okay. It's really challenging. And for me, I am one of the lucky people that can say it is surmountable. It is surmountable for me and maybe for you and maybe for your sister, maybe for your mom, maybe for your daughter, maybe for your best friend, maybe for your wife, maybe for your partner, maybe for the colleague sitting next to you at work who you didn't know this happened to, maybe for the girl who you're facing at the local coffee shop that you don't know this happened to. We don't know what people are going through and we'll never know if we're not willing to do two things. One, stop shaming each other and be kind to each other. That's together because not shaming is the most beautiful form of kindness you can you could be out there because it means that you're listening and you're hearing what people say you're hearing their stories and you're you're saying yes I hear you I see you you are important you're a beautiful person and despite your challenges you are a beautiful person and despite other people shaming you you are a beautiful person and then the other thing we can do is to be brave and share our own stories, surmounted and not surmounted, because you know what? Either way, everyone wants to be seen, everyone wants to be heard, and everyone wants to know that they are worthy of love and kindness. And this goes for everyone in this world. Even the people that are doing the things that are hurting so many. And I know that that's the hardest thing to hear because using our anger and being angry is what we've been conditioned to do and what we know to do. And I'm not saying that anger is something to not feel. Just take care of it. Take care of your anger. Take care of it. And then use that energy. Use that beautiful energy when the anger is dissipated to go do your purpose, what you're meant to do in this world. And whether that's telling your story so that will help someone, or teaching, or being a lawyer, or being selling insurance, or doing a podcast, or doing art, whatever it is. Go do that. And be kind and be brave. Because our children, ours, no matter, it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, 
All of these young people are the leaders of the next generation. They're all of our children. Because we all interact with, you don't walk through life without seeing a child. You just don't. And there's a responsibility in us to model for that child and to share with that child our gifts and our purpose and to remind that child, you are beautiful, you are worthy. And show them to be kind and be brave. It's such a big cycle. It's such an easy thing to do. And we've told each other it's hard because someone struggles and then... They say, oh, this is so hard. And then somebody else is like, oh, let me connect with this person. Yeah, 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 it's hard. <laughs> Sometimes that's what happens. It's a whole other podcast. But anyway, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Zip and Soma. Please take a moment. If you're on a train and you have your hands free, hit that subscribe button. Go and give me a review. Share it. Oh, my gosh, that would be so cool if you... Hit the share and sent a link to your friend and said, hey, check this out. That would be super duper cool. But if you are driving and you do not have your hands free, then please set an alarm. You know, just say, hey, Siri, set an alarm for, I'm just kidding. Um, Or just try to remember, write it down on a piece of paper as soon as you stop your car. Um, But just remember to subscribe. Please remember to share and send it on. It's only by um, helping more people that I really get to live my life's purpose, which is just I want the messages of of kindness and bravery and to share all these inspirational people with you. I, I just want that. Let's keep on sending it forward. Let's keep on letting people know about the Community Coalition on Race or you know, Mend New Jersey, or to check out the awesome bands on the internet, and Jane Lee Hooker, um, there's just so many people, right, um, that are out there, and sharing is caring, <laughs> alright, thank you guys again for listening, check me out on Facebook, at Sip and Soma, check me out on Instagram, at Sip and Soma, and I love you all, I am out. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Sip and Soma Coming Into the Light. I am not going to recap it. Um, I think that I'm more interested in engaging with you, uh, whether that be through private messaging or, you know, messaging me on Instagram, whatever it may be. I welcome the chance to talk about this more and I hope that you share this episode maybe with people who know me that you don't think have heard it or people that you think need some help understanding the hashtag MeToo movement or sexual assault or people think who think they don't know anyone who's gone through what I've gone through and what my close, the close person in my life went through. And I do hope that this might help you if you have to maybe educate someone when it doesn't feel like you should have to. Because that's sometimes the hardest work of all is to talk to somebody 
who we feel should know better because we put that expectation on them. So thank you again for listening and thank you for every person who's ever shared their story with me because it's by you telling your story that made me brave enough to tell my story or you hearing my story and encouraging me to tell more people because you believe it could help. So I really thank you. And one last thank you again to Alan Friedman, who did an amazing job editing this podcast and whom I am just so eternally grateful to for being a great ally and a great supporter of me as a person and my podcast. So thank you, Alan. And I'm out. <laughs>